0: Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is
2: seeing. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another bonus episode of Tis the Podcast. The podcast determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive all year, every year. That's right, 365 days of the long, long year. And thanks again for joining us for another Thursday installment of Another Christmas Story. This week's chapter, chapter 15, will be read to you by the incredible Michelle Kidwell of the Horribly Genius Podcast. For once, I have zero housekeeping to go over with all of y'all prior to the chapter so let's just kick it over to michelle enjoy y'all
1: hello i'm michelle kidwell from the podcast horribly genius which you can find on google podcasts and podbean i'm also stoked to announce the launch of my new blog devoted to data science for kids the future data scientist academy that can be found at fdsacademy.blogspot.com and i am over the moon excited to be here with you today Chapter 15, Old Christmas Tree, December 24th, 10am. The snow was really coming down that by the time President Williams, her foreign visitors and all three of their entourages reached Rockefeller Plaza. As they walked towards the enormous Christmas tree at the center of it via the channel gardens lined with wire sculpted angels blowing trumpets and tiny illuminated Christmas trees, Emily glanced around at the crowds of people being held back by the combined efforts of her Secret Service detail and the NYPD, taking their orders from Clinton, Melissa, and Commissioner Burke and Commanding Officer Pendleton, respectively. She was pleased to see that the majority of people who made up the crowds appeared to be ardent supporters, though there was a rather large minority holding up signs of protest and hurling insults at her. As she paced closer to the tree, with Nathan and Miranda walking side by side on her right and Anna keeping close on her immediate left, shivering, Emily glanced up at the snowflakes falling from the steady stream from the white sky. The National Weather Service hadn't been kidding about the storm. Emily couldn't remember a time in recent memory when New York City had gotten pummeled so badly. Anna. The president leaned in towards her chief of staff, careful to maintain a smile as she waved a hand in the direction of the crowds being kept at bay, flanking the gardens that she and her guests were strolling along. Do we have an update on Elsa? I haven't heard from anyone since we landed, Anna replied, but I can make a call right now and check. Please do. Emily placed a warm hand on the woman's shoulder. I'd appreciate it. Anna nodded and pulled her phone out from within the folds of her coat. As she began to scroll through her contacts, she addressed her boss without glancing up. The cameras are watching our every move. Talk to Dubois and Richardson about, I don't know, something. She shrugged before continuing, still barely moving her lips. Point out the ice skaters, or how beautiful the lights on the tree are. You're supposed to be a tourist today, remember? Emily discreetly glanced over her shoulder and saw that the chief of staff was right. Nearly on top of the Secret Service agent, agents, flanked their rear with Leo, Susan, and Graham, their cameramen hurrying along behind them. Sighing wearily, Emily faced forward again and nodded. Let me know what you hear, she instructed her underling, who hurried off to place her call. Then turning to face the Canadian Prime Minister, she joked, this is a lot of snow for us, Nathan, but I suppose this is nothing compared to what Canada gets. Nonsense, Madam President. This looks to be getting as bad as anything we've seen in Alberta. Besides, I would never try to diminish another nation's suffering while they're enduring a natural disaster. Natural disaster, Emily blinked, taken aback. Let's pray it doesn't get that bad. Let's, Miranda climbed haughtily. Let's hope it doesn't get so bad that we can't get out of here tonight. Nathan exchanged a look with Emily, who did her very best not to roll her eyes in frustration. Though she and Miranda were much closer in age than she and Nathan were, the president couldn't help but feel a much closer kinship with her Canadian counterpart, both in terms of personality and policy. They were far more compatible than either of them were with the Prime Minister of England. Miranda, I think it's already too late for that, Nathan replied politely. Miranda pursed her lips in response as they reached the base of the Christmas tree that towered over them. The area around them, normally packed with tourists, was blissfully clear due to the efforts of the Secret Service and the NYPD, allowing the three world leaders and their companions to easily maneuver around the iconic holiday landmark in order to admire it from different angles with an unobstructed view. It's beautiful, isn't it? Emily breathed as she craned her neck to take in the upper half of the tree, awestruck. As a little girl, she had always loved whenever she got the chance to visit New York during the holiday season. There was something magical about the city that was amplified during this time of year, epitomized by the enormous tree itself. That's an understatement, Nathan replied, blinking as he admired the dazzling lights with a smile reminiscent of a child in a candy shop. Yes, beautiful, Miranda grunted, clearly unimpressed. It's almost as if I couldn't walk into any forest back home and see a tree exactly like it. Nathan rolled his eyes as he turned to Emily in time to witness her deflate before his very eyes. You know, Montreal tried to fashion our own version of this tree a few years ago. It didn't exactly go very well. Emily smiled at the memory of the Charlie Brown-esque tree, horribly decorated, standing tall in a Quebec square. It was so hideous looking that it made international papers. I remember, she replied with a smile. What can I say? She shrugged. Nobody does Canada or nobody does Christmas like America. She paused for the briefest of moments before adding specifically New York. Indeed, Nathan nodded before joking. Though maybe if the U.S. would stop stealing Canada's best trees, we could have our very own Rockefeller Center. The tree alone does not convey the beauty, Nathan, Emily winked at him before noticing Bobby approaching her, appearing absolutely exhausted. If you'll excuse me, and without waiting for a reply, she strode over to where her husband stood against a low stone wall that overlooked the ice skating rink below, which was crowded with skaters. Are you all right? What's wrong? That Jasper is exhausting, Bobby sighed, rubbing his temples soothingly. All he does is complain. Emily laughed. He must get it from his wife, she said in an undertone as the two watched the man in question join Miranda for a private stroll around the back of the tree. She couldn't make it any more obvious. She doesn't want to be here. Does Dubois, Bobby asked, eyeing Renee, as she ran into the arms of her husband and kissed him passionately before the two joined hands and she listened as Nathan pointed out specific details about the tree for her enjoyment. Do any of us, Emily asked with a small laugh. We'd all much rather be with our families, but he's hiding his frustration well, better than Miranda at any rate. He's trying to make the best of a bad situation." Emily turned her back on the tree and placed her hands splayed on the low stone wall in front of her, staring over the edge at the ice skaters below who seemed to be having the time of their lives. Bobby followed suit as mingled yells of support and protest continued to be shouted at his wife from the Channel Gardens. Noticing his wife's face twitch almost imperceptibly with each new shout, he gently placed his hand atop hers. Hopefully when all is said and done tonight, it'll all be worth it. Emily turned to stare at him quizzically. All of this? He waved his hand behind him before he waved it in the direction of the masses that had assembled for a glimpse of her, getting stuck in Manhattan on Christmas Eve, having to deal with Miranda and Jasper the protests. Emily nodded. We just need a Christmas miracle to ensure it all goes right in the meantime. Since when have we been above praying for a Christmas miracle? Bobby raised an eyebrow, causing Emily to laugh before pecking him on the lips in a moment before Nathan and Renee joined them. Madam President, all of this is so beautiful, the prime minister's wife stated as she stared over the wall at the skaters below. Do you ice skate? I haven't in years, Emily admitted with a smile. I probably won't be allowed to again until I'm out of office either. The Secret Service is constantly worrying that I'm going to accidentally hurt myself one of these days. She pushed her glasses up on the bridge of her nose, as if I'm some kind of klutz or something. Both Nathan and Renee laughed. Though please, if you two want, and your security details allow, feel free to go down and skate. The rink has been here since 1936. You don't need to tell us that, Nathan replied. We're Canadian, and that's the most famous rink in the world. I remember skating at one February as a young boy with my father. He stared down at the rink, wistfully lost in his memories as Renee rubbed his back lovingly. Renee, I must ask, Bobby said suddenly. Jasper, what do you think of him? He is an insufferable ass, Renee answered, without hesitation. Pardon my French. The two couples laughed together as they turned to stare at the English Prime Minister and her husband, who appeared to be arguing at the base of the Christmas tree, their faces illuminated by the twinkling lights strung within its branches. They don't seem to be interested in playing tourists much, do they? Emily asked rhetorically. No, Nathan admitted, but we definitely are. He turned to stare at the Channel Gardens taking in the crowds lining them. If I'm not mistaken, the gardens were at in the 30s, correct? Emily nodded. They've been here the whole time. The angels, however, were added during the 1954 Christmas season, I believe, and have been an annual staple ever since. The manger scene, on the other hand, she gestured towards the far end of the gardens where a beautiful life-size nativity scene was erected, positioned just so, so that if anyone took a picture in front of it, they'd get the Christmas trees in the background of the shot, centered directly behind him. That was added last year. She looked up into the Prime Minister's face, noticing the wired angels reflected in his wide eyes. "'Are you particularly religious, Mr. Prime Minister?' Nathan laughed. "'I can't say that I'm an avid churchgoer, Madam President. "'I'm a man of science more than religion, but I do believe in God.' Renee nodded her agreement. "'My parents, on the other hand, were very religious.' "'He reached into the inside pocket of his blazer and withdrew a string of crystal rosary beads. "'These were my father.' They were given to him at his birth by his godparents, and he gave them to me when I was born. They're beautiful, Emily noted, fingering the small cross dangling from the end of the string of beads. Nathan nodded his agreement. I don't make a habit of carrying them around with me, just when I need a bit of luck. Emily smiled as she watched the Prime Minister pocket the rosary beads again, straightening her golden watch as she did so. Trust me, Nathan, I completely understand. Somebody cleared their throat loudly in a pointed fashion behind them, ripping through the snowy silence and causing both t- couples to turn and face Miranda and Jasper. The former were eyeing her foreign counterpart suspiciously while the latter merely looked bored. I'm sorry to interrupt this intimate moment, the English Prime Minister began. But should we perhaps get a photograph? The press seemed to be foaming at the mouth for one. Emily glanced past Miranda, Leo, Susan, and Graham standing beside their cameramen, all of them craning their necks to get a clear shot of the three world leaders and their spouses over the human barrier the Secret Service formed between them. Excellent idea. Let's get one in front of the tree, shall we? As the tree as the three heads of state strode over to the base of the Christmas tree, leaving their spouses behind, Emily casually waved away the security holding of the precipite, It's all right. Let them through. Let's get a picture. Clint and Melissa, used to taking orders directly from the commander-in-chief, immediately stepped aside, while the young Agent Wells nearly tripped over himself to emulate his superiors as quickly as he could. Commissioner Burke and Commanding Officer Pendleton took longer to move out of the way of the cameras, however, exchanging an uncertain glance before finally relenting and and allowing the employees of CNN, CBC, And BBC to rush forward to get nearer the subjects of their desire. Upon reaching the foot of the tree, Emily positioned herself in the middle of Nathan and Miranda. All three smiled, squinting against the falling snow as cameras were shoved in their faces, and bright flashes began to quickly go off. Prime Ministers, Graham shouted above the loud clicking of the lenses, what do you think of the way New York celebrates Christmas? From what I've seen so far, I would say it's as magical as every film would have us believe Miranda Lied through her teeth, which made Emily's smirk widen. The tree is truly magnificent, Nathan concurred, motioning at it as he spoke, and the snow only adds to its beauty. Prime Minister Richardson, Leo called loudly. Are you afraid that your waning support back home will give the Labour Party the edge they need to win the election this upcoming May? Out of the corner of her eye, Emily saw Miranda stiffen instantly, and when she answered it, it was in a strained tone of voice. I'm confident that the people of England will vote for conservative politicians up and down the ticket, once again giving me the mandate to lead like they did a few years ago, but... How about a few pictures with the spouses? Emily asked loudly, cutting across Leo before he could ask the British woman anything else. As she waved Bobby, Renee, and Jasper over to join them, she sensed Miranda let out a sigh of relief beside her. Renee stood to the left of her husband while Bobby stood between Nathan and Emily. Jasper, meanwhile, stood between Emily and Miranda. As the three couples posed for a few more photos, video of them began broadcast live over the airwaves. Susan Montrose from the CBC shouted a question. Prime Minister Richardson, to follow up on what Leo was asking, are you afraid that the growing tensions between Russia and the West will be enough to scare the people of England to drive you from office in May? And President Williams, do you think these escalating tensions will be enough to make Democrats lose the House, house during the midterms next year? Emily Forster smiled, to widen. I'm confident that Democrats maintain control of both houses in Congress. You know, I have enough faith in the american people and the citizens of our allied countries to realize that the current state of relations between the rest, the west and russia are untenable and a direct result of the failed leadership of president thompson and the republican party but thank you that's enough for now anna hurried over stepping in front of the reporters and the three world leaders she motioned for security to separate the press from the president and prime ministers and immediately They were flanked by Clinton and Melissa, while Burke, Pendleton, and Wells pushed back the journalists. If everyone could please proceed back to the motorcade, we'll be taking a driving tour of Central Park next, and can we get a picture in front of the manger first? Leo asked loudly. A nice shot of the president and prime ministers with a long shot of the tree in the background. Anna glanced over her shoulder at Emily, who hesitated for the briefest moments, remembering what she talked about with her chief of staff the day before. However, in figuring it would be a good way to pander to a certain sect of voters, she gave a curt nod. I don't think one more picture would be a problem, do you? She glanced at Dubois and Richardson. But before either could answer, she began to march down the length of the Channel Gardens, holding her head high as she passed the throngs of her supporters and detractors, all still screaming at her. When Anna fell into step beside her, she mumbled out of the corner of her mouth, "'What took you so long?' "'I was checking on Elsa, like you asked,' Anna replied. "'Apparently the worst is yet to come. "'Like they told me this morning, chances are good we're going to be stuck here overnight.' "'Wonderful,' Jasper replied exasperatedly as Miranda let out a groan of frustration. "'Do you not like the city?' Jasper Emily asked politely. "'It's a bit too busy for me, Madam President.' As the delegation reached the end of the gardens and stepped in front of the manger, every member of it took a moment so silent, to silently bow their heads and stare at the gorgeous nativity scene, ignoring the clicking of cameras and the flashing of lights behind them. Emily said a silent prayer as she stared between the Virgin Mary and the baby Jesus, willing whatever higher power existed in the universe to allow the strikes against Russia to go as planned later that night. After their moment of silence, Emily, Nathan, and Miranda turned to face the cameras again, first getting a picture with their spouses before getting a picture with the three of them alone. Anna stood off to the side, watching the scene closely, and immediately spotted the moment the president discreetly attempted to catch her eye. Stepping forward again, she said loudly, ''Thank you, everyone. If you could please head back to the cars.'' As the reporters obliged, Emily let herself to plate a bit and gave her husband a peck on the lips. Enjoy your driving tour," she winked as Jasper passed behind her her husband, who looked as though he'd rather be doing anything else than driving around with that man. Renee, sensing his weariness, held out a comforting arm for him to take. It won't be so bad, she said as she guided him towards the car, parked idly, in a whole line of cars that made up the motorcade lining Fifth Avenue. At least we don't have to worry about talking to the press on our drive through Central Park.
2: thanks michelle once again i am in awe of all of the talented people who have lent their voices to bring this story to life and i am in awe of all of you listeners for taking time every week to listen to this ongoing story with all of these characters and see where it goes i appreciate each and every one of y'all more than you know so please keep the feedback coming and please, if you are enjoying the story, consider sharing it with your family and friends on your social media feeds in order to get it in front of as many ears as possible. Or as many eyes, because the text of each chapter you hear is made available on our website each week as well. So if reading is more of your thing or more of their thing, they can read our weekly installments at www.tizapodcast.com. And if you enjoy Tissa Podcast proper, if you ever want to comment on a movie or television show we discuss, give us feedback on a specific episode, comment on this book, or just interact with us and other listeners of the show in general, check out our social media feeds. All you have to do to get to each one is go to www.tissapodcast.com slash Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, or Facebook group. Our Facebook group is by far the most active of our social media pages. It's always busy year-round, and not just with Christmas chatter, although that's obviously our primary focus. There's plenty of talk about pop culture, comics, movies, TV shows, memes, and other holidays as well, especially those other Burr month holidays like Halloween and Thanksgiving that lead up to Christmas itself. I know when it comes to Halloween in particular, we have just as many fans in that group who love that time of the year as we do christmas the facebook group has also become a one-stop shop for many of the christmas podcasts that you know and love on the christmas podcast network so not only will you find new episodes of Tissa podcast there and get to interact with julia tom and myself there but you also find new episodes of totally rad christmas christmas clatter tgi podcast cozy christmas podcast advent calendar house podcast all of your favorites including horribly genius which isn't a christmas podcast post it there as well and find all the hosts of said shows you know and love on the website too always willing to interact with anyone and everyone about anything and unlike many christmas groups on the internet other christmas groups on facebook and reddit in particular the tis the podcast facebook group doesn't gatekeep whatever makes christmas special to you movies television shows family time friends time music you can talk about it all there may be a million posts about the same movies every year But if that's what brings people joy, we welcome it. We don't gatekeep Christmas in this group or what Christmas is supposed to be. And we don't get snobby about what Christmas is and should be or what the group should be. We are inclusive to everyone, which not a lot of other groups on the Internet can say, sadly. A mini Christmas family has truly formed within that Facebook group, filled with people from all over the world, from different backgrounds. And I know I speak for Tom, Julie, and myself when I say it's the thing we're most proud of when it comes to Tis the Podcast and what's come out of the podcast. But speaking of the podcast in general, if you want more bonus episodes, Christmas cards, enamel pins, ringtones, upcoming plushies and lego sets. Check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com/tisaPodcast or www.tisaPodcast.com/patreon. For as little as $1 per month, you can get full-length bonus episodes of the show. If you're not a patron yet, you might want to consider subscribing now because Patreon has been lit. After a slow start to the year, there's so much new content going up and being recorded every week that I'm not going to list it all as I've done in weeks past. But I will say if you're listening to this episode on the day it drops, Thursday, May 13th, just yesterday, May 12th, we dropped an episode in which myself and Matt Yurick of tgi podcast discussed the movie space jam in anticipation of space jam a new legacy coming out in july last week may 5th we dropped an episode in which myself and ron hogan aka president hot dog of filmstrip podcast and Lindsay madison of filmstrip podcast and gridiron podcast discuss the conjuring universe in anticipation of the conjuring the devil made me do it coming out next month. And next week, May 19th, we are dropping an episode in which I am joined by Claude Belanger, Kim Cooper, and Matt Spaulding to discuss and rank the six most famous live-action Santa Clauses. On top of all that, we have plenty of stuff coming up in the pipeline to record. I'm already recording tons of content for October for spooky season no joke when we hit that month patrons will probably get two or three bonus episodes per week that's how much content i'm building up so there's plenty of good stuff up on patreon there's plenty of good stuff in the pipeline there's plenty of good stuff coming later this year so again if you're not a patron yet now's the time to consider joining and rest assured that all money we receive through patreon goes into improving the quality of this show Coming up on our main show this upcoming Monday, May 17th, I can't believe we're nearing the end of May already, you'll get to hear our episode in which Tom, Julia, and myself discuss the Rankin-Bass special, The First Christmas, the story of the first Christmas snow, and on Tuesday, Tom, Julia, and I will be recording our episode on A Christmas Movie Christmas, which will drop in your main feeds on May 24th before that however on may 20th the next installment of another christmas story will drop and this is sure to be one you don't want to miss because chapter 16 is quite a long chapter that focuses on joey and mary and will be read to you by the incredibly amazing nicole little who is a published author from newfoundland canada And as she has two kids of her own and runs a daycare, she is amazing when it comes to reading and doing voices and inflection. And her accent is amazing. So keep your eyes on your podcast feeds for all of that. So once again, thank you all for your love and support. We couldn't ask for better listeners in the world than all of you. You're truly the best. We are so lucky we get to call so many of you legitimate friends. And so lucky we get to call so many of you family so do your homework watch the first christmas the story of the first christmas snow and a christmas movie christmas we have lots of fun exciting stuff coming up obviously but that's not the most exciting news we have to reveal that i'm going to kick it back to michelle
1: i'd like to conclude with these glad tidings of grateful joy only 226 days until christmas
2: thanks michelle man this year is flying so get pumped because leon day will be here before you know it followed by the 4th of july after which all the back to school stuff starts going up in stores with all the halloween stuff and then christmas in july is not far after that and it's all downhill from there so until monday bye y'all have a great weekend
0: Oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree, thy leaves are so unchanging. Oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree, thy leaves are so unchanging. Not only green when summer's here, but also when Christmas tree, oh Christmas tree, thy leaves are so unchanging.